Hey, welcome everybody to Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby Ryan. And I'm being joined by Cammy, Chris, and Laura. And we are going to be discussing Yankee traditions, mainly the facial hair policy, names on jerseys, and anything else we think of during the discussion. So, Cammy, I'll start with you with the facial hair policy. Where do you stand on that? You know, uh, you know, I, I kind of come from the, the point of view that people should just be able to wear their hair kind of any way they want, as, as long as it doesn't really interfere with what you're doing um, or become such a distraction that it, it kind of takes away from your performance or your ability to kind of interact with others or whatever. So, I mean, if a baseball player grew hair all the way down to the floor, to the grass, for instance, mm -hmm. right? That would probably be a job hazard because if he didn't put it up, then he would, um, he would probably trip over it or other people could trip over it. Right. But, and that's just an extreme example. Yeah. But I do think that they, they could be allowed to have, you know, reasonable facial hair. I mean, and you also have to understand too, is I know that probably most of the Yankees players do come from cultures where they're not required to have facial hair, but but, you know, the world is becoming more diverse. And one of these days, we are going to see um, teams with with players from diverse backgrounds whose culture, whose religion does require them to grow a beard or have longer hair or whatever. And we need to figure out how to accommodate those those aspects. So, you know, I mean... Do I think that some of these baseball players look good with all of this like craziness? It's not my personal favorite, but I'm not <laughs> the one who has to deal with that. I'm not the one who has to wear it and, you know, wash the hair and, and do everything. So I, I just think that they, um, I think they, they should be allowed to wear their hair however they want, but um, as long as it just, as long as it doesn't distract them or, or get in, in the way of, of, you know, playing, playing their game. Yeah. No, I, you know, you brought up with the, you know, with the culture or religion and that's an aspect of it. I never even thought of until now, you know, so that, that's, a, you know, very interesting uh, part of the argument. Now, Laura, how do you feel about the facial hair policy? Kind of feel the same way, like Cammy said too. Uh, it just depends on the player itself, kind of, because you know I've been to other baseball stadiums and seen other baseball players wear their hair out or grow their beard, like Charlie Blackman, for example, in the Colorado Rockies. <laughs> yeah, big example with that. Um, but just kind of same thing. As long as it's not too much of a distraction where they're just focusing on the game itself, like I don't see a problem with players having facial hair, growing out their hair. And it just depends on the person's self. Like if they want to grow it out, let them grow it out. Just got to be like a fine line. If they don't want to grow it out and like want to shave it off all the time, they can do that as well. Hmm. And Chris, are you pro or con facial hair? I'd say I, I appreciate the tradition, but I think people ought to be able to make their own decision about their facial hair and their hair. 
Um, I wouldn't like it. I know that. And I'm sure that the players balk, but they do it because they want to be Yankees. Uh, but it seems in this, that it, it seems unnecessary to me anymore. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, for me, if I could get my hair to grow, never mind grow long, you know, <laughs> you know, I might have a more of an argument on it. But I do think that there, when you're playing for the Yankees and you sign that contract, there's a prestige and tradition that comes with it. So I kind of, I, I do lean towards having a, you know, a clean shave. You know, you're you're a professional athlete. You should look professional. You know, not look like you can't afford a razor you know there are some like laura brought up with charlie blackman that keep it trimmed and even though it's a long beard it is kept up you know it's not straggly you know so you saw a couple years ago when the red sox were making that, that world series run they all had these you know the beards growing and they weren't you know they just didn't look clean you know it looked very sloppy you know and that just reinforced my stance on the no facial hair. You know, if, I've had my mustache since I'm um, 18 years old. I had a goatee for a while. And if you're paying me that money, and I understand that those are the provisions of signing that contract, then I know that, that that's part of the rule. Those are the rules. There are jobs that, you know, that don't, that will prefer you cover your tattoos or, you know, wear a uniform, you know, just like in baseball or in my profession, I wear a uniform. Those are the rules. Those are the rules I accepted taking that position. And the players need to understand that. So that's my stance on that. So, now, what another uh, argument that's also made are fans that wear the names with the jersey, you know, the jerseys with the names on the back. I think it's one of those, it's a silly argument, you know, unless you're wearing a number seven or a number three, we, we don't need the name on the back, <laughs> you know, because we all know what that number is. But do you think sometimes they take it too far? Because if I was to wear number 25, I was a big okay. fan. What? So I would wear 25 for Teixeira, not for Torres. But people would, you know, then you got to go into, well, who are you wearing? Well, the name's on the back. You already know who I'm wearing. But I want to take it one step further. Should they, the players be allowed? Should they, and that tradition being, if we're going to say the Yankees are too old-fashioned, should the Yankees start putting the names on the jerseys when they're on the field? Laura, I'll let you start. Okay. I had thought about this for a while, but I was thinking like for the home jerseys, like don't put the names on the back because that's the prestige, clean, the traditional New York Yankees. But for the away jerseys, I wouldn't mind having the names on the back because some teams do that already. I think Red Sox are one of them, yeah. definitely. Uh, there's probably a couple other teams I can't think of at the moment, but that I wouldn't mind like having the names on the back there. Uh, Chris, your stance. Yeah, I was just thinking about the uh, names on the back of the jerseys and the swoosh on the front. 
I mean, it seems like the major leagues may be moving into a advertising on the jerseys. Is that something we might see? Um, if that is something that's coming down the pike, then uh, probably no names on the jerseys right still needed. Um, but like in the Asian leagues, you know, there's all this advertising and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it looks like a NASCAR jersey. And I, I thought I'd heard something about the MLB moving in that direction. Yeah, there was it, it caught a little bit of wind, but it didn't really pick up any steam. Okay. So, you know, the swoosh, I got over that. You yeah. know, that's, that's the way it's going to be. I know. You know. And it's really not that as noticeable as, you know, it's not like you have a big swoosh right, you know, where you can't even read the word Yankee on the jersey. Yeah. And so it's really not that big a deal. It's very small, you know. So I got – it didn't bother me as much as I thought it was going to, you know, because now, now you're putting branding on a, on, a, on a major brand already. You know, the Yankees don't need any help with marketing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they need help signing players, but they don't need help with marketing. So, Cammy, what's your stance with the names on the jersey? You know, um, I, I love that clean jersey look. Um, but for away games, sure, why not? Um, and also, you know, I, I'm coming at this, too, from a perspective of a teacher, right? Okay. So you're bringing your kids to the game. They're really little. There, you know, I started going to games with my dad, like minor league games when I was like five or six or whatever. Teach your kids the game and and they can, you know, if they can read the players' names on the jersey, that's even better for them, right? Because then they learn to number with the person. They learn how to recognize that person. They learn how that person plays. And you pass on the love of the game that way. So... You know, um, so I think, you know, for, for away games, sure. Why, why not have definitely, um, definitely have that. I, I think, you know, especially if you're playing another team with the names on it, then you, then you might as well. Yeah. So I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's a lot of fun. And it's always, it's always funny on, on Twitter to see like, oh, well, fans shouldn't wear jerseys with names on it or fans should wear jerseys. I just say, you know, if you're a fan, you just wear whatever you want as far as the merch, whatever makes you feel good, mm -hmm. whatever you like to represent the team. The more, you know, fandom, the better out there. But, yeah, but um, to be a true fan, you have to not have the name on the back. Of That's true. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. If you be, <laughs> like, yeah, if you want to be like the players i guess but you know <laughs> i live over here in europe where um obviously soccer we call it football is a really big thing and i don't know if you've ever seen the european team jerseys but the advertising is huge on um, on the jerseys they have emirates or yeah. you know, banks what whatever i mean they're like literally taking up the whole jersey so i feel like compared to the the soccer the football jerseys that they have um you know, a name really isn't <laughs> such a big deal, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like Laura said, you know, you could kind of go halvesies on it, have some fun. Yeah. You know, to get full disclosure, because I have a jersey on I wear every episode, but it was a custom jersey my wife had made for me. So it has my last name on the back, 
Because when she purchased the jersey, they were doing free embroidery at Models. So if it wasn't going to cost anything, she had the jersey customized. And it's the only jersey I own because it's the only one I would want to wear. So I kind of, when I said, you know, there was a time where I was like, you know, the name should never be on the back. You know, and then I'm looking at the jersey my wife had made for me years ago. Well, the name is on the back. (laughs) So... But it's really something, it's just, you know, just for me. You know, it's it's a custom jersey. So, this, you know, I, I just don't see where, the one thing, and I'm going to put a different twist on it, is when it comes time for Players Weekend. Now, mm-hmm. just think of all the traditionalists that are very against names on the back of the jersey where the first time that names were on the back of the pinstripe jersey would be silly nicknames if it was ever a home game, you know, or not wearing pinstripes at Yankee Stadium for the Players Weekend, Players Week jerseys. What do you, uh, Cammy? what do you think about if that situation ever came into play? Would it be that big a deal? No. Again, I'm kind of like, what, whatever the fans want to do, um, you know, I think for Players Weekend, I think, you know, I wouldn't mind having a Players Weekend jersey, you know, that's maybe a little bit different from the pinstripes or whatever, just to make it stand out a little, you know, something different, give the fans a, a little bit of uh, um of a choice of, of different merchandise for that players weekend, you know, where you could get the name on the back of your favorite, player, you know, all of that kind of thing. So, you know, I think that the, that the, uh, the merchandising needs to, you know, they kind of need to think out of the box and say, okay, we have this traditional clean look, no names, whatever we have, jerseys, but what could we do that could be a little bit different and, give the fans, you know, a, a unique, a unique piece of merchandise for, for the players weekend. Yeah. You know, and um, Chris, the, I, the, the thought of a, a home game at Yankee stadium with no pinstripe jerseys, is that something that would kind of take you, you know, take you aback a little bit? Oh, definitely. I mean, the pinstripes are, what they've been or Yankee Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the they that's the one of the traditions that that will never change. I think is the pinstripes at Yankee Stadium, um, and shouldn't shouldn't change. Um, but um, I, I when I was researching for this episode, I found an interesting story about the pinstripes. Okay, if you don't mind, I'll share. No, one. feel free. And that was that they people thought that they originated originated because they wanted to make Babe Ruth look thinner, and I thought that was hysterical because it turned out that they were wearing them as early as 1912, wearing pinstripes when they were the Highlanders. So Ruth wasn't even a member of the team yet when the pinstripes came in. But it's an interesting myth that goes along with the Babe yeah. Ruth and. You know, it's and it's kind of funny to make that the people would actually think the pinstripes made him look thinner. Crack me up. <laughs> so, Laura, do you think that 
the the issue with the jerseys, could it open up Pandora's box where the the Yankees fall into what other teams do and have fifteen different alternate jerseys? You know, you know. I know in basketball they have a lot of different jerseys depending if what day of the week it is. You know, I think that when you start changing traditions, you open it up for it to go into overkill. What yeah, do you think? Yeah. I definitely agree with that. It would definitely open up like some sort of Pandora's box if the Yankees were to um, switch to different alternative jerseys. But just for Players Weekend, I've always been a fan of it when they started it back in 2017. And, you know, just for that weekend, it's like, you know, it's fun. You let the kids play. You know, that's MLB's motto in a sense. (laughs) Um, But just for that weekend, it's like, let them have fun, let loose, you know, you can break the traditions a little, but they don't have to like keep the jerseys like as alternatives. Like if they want to have like one or two, like I know in spring training, the hot topic that we could also get into is the Navy jerseys. Like some people like, oh, that could be a good alternative for the home or blah, blah, blah. That's another topic. So like something simple like that, like you can have one, or two, but to go and have 15, like the Arizona Diamondbacks do, yeah. or <laughs> Seattle Mariners. I think that the Padres are another team, they have a lot of different versions. Yeah, yeah know, exactly. I, just, I, I like that the Yankees just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you have one jersey for home, one jersey away, and they have one jersey where you, it's spring training. You know, so I, I like that, because it's simple. You know, it's it's not overkill. You know, they're able to increase the merchandising, you know, with having three jerseys, three different jersey styles to sell. You know, you don't need to start really dipping more into the, 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 the jersey pool because then it's, you know, you're walking around, you, it's just too much. Yep. You know, it's you know, what is it, a tie-dye jersey. You know, who, who knows what crazy marketing scheme they'll come up with. You know, fit, you know, it's. I just think some 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 things are best kept the way that they were. Yep, I agree. The they've always been. I think how proud um, Garrett Cole was to put on the Yankee pinstripes. You know, I mean, that's a moment that only happens to Yankee players. Yeah. In and they, and they seem to feel that significance of that uniform. So that that's cool, and we don't want to lose that. You know, I it's agree with Chris on that. Yeah, you know, even as simple as why I wear this every episode, it's 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 pride. It, you know, it's confidence. You know that I can deliver for a crowd. You know. So the pinstripes is very, very, it's a very significant part of being a fan. You know, every baseball, every baseball player, they, you know, they always say you, you never appreciate what it's like to be a Yankee until you put on that uniform. You know, and that's something that needs to stand the test of time. And, you brought, it was brought up with, with the spring training, and it, it led me to, to, to ask, I want to ask a question. Should spring training, uh, 
should MLB give more access to the televising the spring training games? Where sometimes it's only on TV or it's only on radio or it's not on either, or sometimes they're on both. Do they need to rethink how they market spring training, especially with the influx of stats and fantasy baseball? Would that help that part of the sport if they start televising it more often than they do? Chris, do you have an opinion on that? Uh, I'm, my opinion is the more baseball, the better. Sure, give us more. It is frustrating in the spring to not be able to watch every – I mean, we're spoiled. I want to watch every Yankee game. Yeah. This spring training. So I agree with you. Yeah. It helped grow the sport even. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I say show them. Yeah. Now, Laura, because – a lot of the teams have their own networks now. Um, you know, the Yankees have the Yes Network, the Mets have SNY, you know, in our market. So do you think it, it, it's an easy adjustment for them to just televise more of the games? I think it would be for their market, yeah. And it would be good to televise it more so, like just so other fans, like who don't have the time during the day, they can – watch it or same thing too if you want to get into the sport like spring training is a great way to start you know easy like you can identify players and they talk about like little stats and then as the spring training goes on when players you know start to play more and more you can get more into it Cameron do you agree or do you have a different take on it no I, I totally agree um for my own selfish reasons that I just want to see more baseball, but you know, spring training games are terrific to watch uh, any potential newcomers, anybody returning from um, injury rehab, you know, anybody they're kind of trying out. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate that my, uh, my parents live near, uh, you know, Steinbrenner stadium um, and, and the blue Jay stadium and the Philly stadium down, down in Florida. And, um, you know, going to those games, is it's just fantastic. They're a little bit more relaxed. You can really kind of get a feel for what players are doing early on in the season, mm -hmm. um, kind of see who, you know, m might be, uh, you know, really making the roster and, and, you know, some of these new, some of these new kids coming up. I mean, even exactly. if they don't make it, it's really great to see them. You know, I learned how to, to score, hand score a baseball game, which is not something that's really done anymore. In the back of the program, you can keep, you, you know, you can hand score a baseball game during those spring training games, which is really a lot of fun, you know, to look back on those things. And um, yeah, and I, I think that, um, you know, it would just, it would definitely bring more viewers to the game. I think it would be really easy for the networks to do it. MLB, yes, SNY, what, yeah. whoever you have. I mean, this isn't, you know, a, a real big deal for them. Um, and of course, it brings advertising to the networks as well. So um, as far as an economic decision, I think it would be a real good one. But I also think it would kind of pique some some people's uh, interest as, as well and maybe uh, keep them keep them on, you know, through the season. Yeah. Now, and it's, unless you're going to the games for these minor league, you know, 
team, you know, the minor leagues, you don't really know a lot. You, you can only go by what the reporters and the beat writers are, are writing or, or, mm-hmm. or they're interviewing a certain player that's on the rise. I had brought this question up to the guys a couple of weeks ago, and I'll use this as our final talking point. Should MLB branch out into a second network and broadcast minor league baseball games to showcase the younger talent, like how they should, you know, you could watch college basketball, college football, you know, but there's nothing for major league baseball where they could showcase the up and coming talents coming to the major leagues. So Laura, uh, yeah, Laura, I'll ask you first what you think about that. I think that would be a great option because, like Cam said, for economical reasons, it would be great for the sport, like to boost advertising. And they can kind of start off small, like do a couple of games, like not do too much at once, and then see, get feedback from other fans, see what they like, what they didn't like, and how they can change it going forward. But I would definitely like to see that in the future. And it'd be also great for a minor league baseball because they took a huge beating this year with the pandemic and everything. And it would just be great to kind of save them in the way. So that way you can bring more families out to the games as well. Chris, your thought? Yeah, I agree 100% um, with Laura. Uh, Definitely could use uh, a showcase for minor league talent because I mean the system was just decimated last year by MLB. Yeah. I mean they they need to do something I would think to help rebuild the community that these uh, minor league teams had you know worked so hard to build. Uh, unfortunately, the weird thing is like someone like the Yankees changed their affiliation. Um, this year. So they, um, a couple of the teams that, you know, we might have been used to seeing um, aren't going to be, we're not going to see those anymore. We're not going to see what the Trenton Thunder um, as a Yankee affiliate. And I think the Staten Island Yankees were the other ones, the other team that. Right. So yeah, um, but definitely would love to see the minor leagues get a pump of enthusiasm and cash and everything. You know, Kami, uh, I think what, you know, to add one point, uh, to, to add to, to what I was saying, it would also help with, because instead of it being controlled by the, the team itself, that's why I addressed it with MLB to create a second network. So they'll have that revenue stream from the TV that could also kind of help um, curb some of the, the issues with the tax hits, the, you know, profit sharing, you know, shared, you know, the revenue sharing, you know, where teams won't feel as reluctant to go over that first threshold because they don't want to give too much to another team. Where in a second, the, uh, the income from the second network can supplement that and give teams a little more flexibility to maintain players. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think it would be a wise economic decision. I think that kind of um, 
the, the popularity of minor league teams is, is kind of underestimated. Yeah. Um, and I think in, until you kind of experience that and go to a bunch of games, which I did when I was living back in New Jersey and, and Connecticut, um, you have no idea. I mean, these games fill up. I mean, I've been to Trenton Thunder games packed, you know. Yeah. Um, Somerset Patriots, it was just an independent league then, but, but packed. I mean, you know, you can't even find parking. It's, it's, it's crazy. And I think that um, it's a way for parents to bring uh, their kids to the game without affording, you know, $500 tickets. If if they can't afford the major league, you know, these games are affordable for families. It's a great way to introduce the, the, the young kids to baseball. Um, often the players are more accessible so that they, they're, you know, they're signing baseballs or, yeah. you know, things like that. It, it just is a really fun way. And I, I think that to broadcast these games would be great for the sport. I mean, I, I don't think they would have any problems signing on advertising. Um, advertisers and um as you said it would bring some revenue in um help support the the minor leagues a bit because i know there's always issues with money with that um and i I just think it would be it would just be a fabulous uh idea i'd I'd love to see it because i love watching the up-and-coming kids on the minor leagues i mean you know there's some there's some young guys and and you're like wow, you know, yeah. they, they can really hit or they can really, you know, and, and um, it's a lot of fun to watch them. And um, I, you know, I, for one, would watch, you know, some minor league games too. So, yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah it, it'll definitely, um, the games are always looking for ways to grow and expand to younger younger kids. This is how you do it. You know, sure. and you, you make these minor league facilities and ballparks more accessible you know they'll see it on tv and then they'll want to go see them themselves yeah, you know exactly. mm-hmm. and that that's how you get that younger audience mm-hmm. back into enjoying baseball the way that we do yeah you know because the sport is dying off in the in the in, the, in, the, in, the, in little you know there's a lot of little leagues out there but they're not sitting watching the games you know they don't right. watch baseball, but they'll go. They they'd rather see the game. And I think if it's on TV, it, it'll be more enticing for them to ask their parents to take them to a ball game. Yeah. You know, sure. yeah. and it's you said it's a very affordable night for a family mm-hmm. to go to a minor league park. It's local. You know, I've been to a lot of the. Great. I've been to a few games with the Long Island Ducks, and oh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's just so fun, fun baseball, and that gets the and the kids are mm-hmm. all into it, and that's how you keep them involved with the sport. Exactly. Definitely. Um, yeah. um, we actually we, we 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 still have a little time, um, so who was better, A Rod or Jeter? that was the big debate this week on twitter and it rattles my head because does it really matter who was better they both performed well for the team and helped the team succeed shouldn't that be enough yes yes i agree with you on that (laughs) 
<laughs> now, I've heard it said in the days by some this week that um, A-Rod was the better baseball player and Jeter was the better Yankee. So that's, that's one response to that I've heard. I don't say I endorse that, but. No, but that's not a, that's not a terrible train of thought. No, it's not. You know, it's, you know, with the off season, you know, it, it's such a, you know, slow moving, you know, and the guys and I talk about this almost weekly now of trying to come up with different ways to help improve the off season and keep, keep us more involved and interested instead of just fight, you know, arguing with each other over minuscule things like which ball player was better. You yeah. Know? yeah. So I just had to throw that in there because we would, you know, we were joking about it before we started recording, um, and it was you know, yeah. a window to throw that in. <laughs> of course. Uh, uh, so do we? Do we know who, who did you enjoy? You know, we we all enjoyed Jeter. You know, he was the the idol of a generation. You know. Do you think sometimes that that gets forgotten because of all the stats that people like to pull up? Cammie, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, he he's, like Chris said, he's, he was definitely the better Yankee. Um, you know, this is a guy who went through all of his years as a Yankee without a scandal. I mean, yeah. think about how hard that is. Oh, I got it. Yeah, we're losing you a little bit, Cammie. Hold on. <laughs> and and I just think that, you know, you can bring up all the stats or whatever. He was still, he was still a great player. Yeah. Was, I mean... A-Rod or Jeter better. I mean, I think you'd have to go down to every single stat, you know, break it down, analyze it, that kind of thing. But I think that Jeter was the better Yankee. And I think that's equally as important as, um, as being the best baseball player on the team, because he was really, um, he was really somebody people looked up to and yeah. kids looked up to. He was the face of the team and he did it without any scandals and he made it a team people could be really, you know, really proud of in, in New York. And you were really proud to be a fan of the team with Derek Jeter. You know, I mean, he's a, he's a remarkable, he was a remarkable kid. He's a, he's a remarkable person now. I mean, just you know to put it in perspective you know he 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 hired you know the first the first woman uh to um to be the the gm right she's yeah. a g she's yeah, a gm yeah. right yeah so i mean come on that's that's just shows the kind of of thinking um you know the the kind of the kind of level of or quality of person that that he is so um but i think you know a rod was a great i mean he was a great player not without scandal um i think he's a better person now i think he's grown up 
a lot. <laughs> um, I think maybe when he was on the Yankees, maybe his ego kind of got in the way sometimes. But I think now he's really, um, uh, I think he's kind of made amends for that. And I, I, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's looking uh, forward rather than back. So, yeah. Yeah, I think where A-Rod took the advantage when he retired, he was out of the spotlight for a little while. And I think he was able to just reflect on how he, you know, the mistakes that he had made and then came back into a broadcasting booth and started to reinvent himself. Yes. Yeah. And he, and he did a really good job with it, you know? So, you know, as, as much as, you know, we, we criticize his mistakes, you have to acknowledge you know, his redemption as well, mm-hmm. you know, because he's Absolutely. really done a good job with remarketing himself. And he's, you know, he's yeah. incredible baseball person. You know, he knows this game better than almost anybody, you know, and him and, you know, him being into the broadcasting booth was the perfect uh, platform for him. Is yeah. you get a little bit of what he has to say, but he's not always in your face anymore with everyday, you know, on the field interviews and stuff like that. So, but Gita will always have the, that notch above him. You know, because Gita performed every year. You know, A-Rod had that one good off, you know, one good postseason. But Gita, he just always turned it up a notch when it came to October. And you, you know, you couldn't get him out. He was always contributing something, whether it was the first inning or the ninth. He always let a spark in that team. So Jeter has the edge in my eyes on that. Um, all right, well, let's get on wrap this week's episode up. I want to thank you ladies for joining us today. And on behalf of everybody, YankeeChronicles.com, enjoy to remember to watch this when you're watching this on YouTube. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. And if you're watching, if you're listening on Spotify, please give us a follow and share our channel as well. So, ladies, I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we will talk to each other soon. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.